0: So we've been in this series that's titled Juicy Fruit, juicy fruit. and um, we've spoken about a few things thus far. This is week number three of Juicy Fruit, and some of you like uh, Juicy Fruit, not "Fruit." Juicy Fruit, although putting some uh, Juicy Fruit in your frittata might taste good too. But um, so you ask, Pastor, how long is this series going to be? It, it's, we, we've got at least after this one about nine more. It's going to be a nice, long, juicy series. Because we're going to be starting to break down the actual fruit next week. But we've spoken about the fact that we are all called to bear fruit. We've spoken about the fact, and we hit this last week, and I encourage you, if you haven't seen the last two weeks, you can check them out on our, on our church website, or on our Vimeo page, or on our YouTube channel. If you're a podcast person, you can listen to the audio on our Spotify or Apple uh, um, podcast. I think they're also on Google Play. I mean, they're out there. Go back and listen to part one and two. But last week, we spoke about the fact that what flows through the vine flows through the branches, and we spoke about the Holy Spirit being the sap that flowed through Jesus, which is why Jesus walked in the giftings and the fruit of the Spirit, which also flows through us the minute we uh, become believers and we become branches of that same vine. And God is the divine gardener. He's the one that planted Jesus. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus was the seed that God planted into earth He sprouted and he lived a perfect life, died on the cross, rose from the grave, and he is that living tree. We, as his followers, when we ask Jesus to come into our heart, we are added into that tree. As a matter of fact, it's going to be one of our points later on about the fact that we're grafted into the tree. All right. Now, I want you to go to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to read in Galatians chapter 5 and mark your Bible there because we're going to read it and then we're going to get back to it later on in the message. And today we're going to be talking about the fruit of the Spirit versus the lust of the flesh. The fruit of the Spirit versus the lust of the flesh. So Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 16, says this, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary... To one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Verse number 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, easy to spot, plain as day, all right, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. I want everybody to highlight and the like. And the reason is some people have the misunderstanding that this is an exhaustive list. And if you don't fall into one of these 17 criterias of doing it, then it's not of the works of the flesh. No, that's why it says, and the like. Okay? Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience or long-suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such there is no law so a couple of things pop out at me there that i that i want to discuss the first one is the fact that lust of the flesh is in plural And come on, some of you teachers and and, and English majors and people that are good in grammar, it says the fruit of the Spirit, and fruit of the Spirit is singular. There is a oneness in the fruit. It is one fruit divided into nine parts. God's got an affinity with three and nine. Three is the number of perfection. We serve a three-part God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's called the thrity, Trinity. God made us as three part individuals. We have a spirit, that's the part that connects to God. We have a soul, and we live in a body a spirit, a soul, and a body. God has nine gifts of the Spirit. We studied them at length in our previous series. And the nine gifts of the Spirit I divided into three classifications. If you remember, words of uh, uh, the revelation gifts, the power gifts, and I drew a blank. Revelation gifts, power gifts. Well, the prophetics fall under this one inspirational gifts. Thank you. Inspiration, power, and revelation. There are nine Beatitudes, go back and read it in the book of Matthew, which deal with the character of a Christian. And there is nine fruit. And the nine fruit is also divided up into three segments. The first three, which are, if you're there in, Gen- in Galatians chapter number five, love, joy, and peace. Those gifts deal upward with God. Love, joy, and peace, things that you immediately begin to walk in the moment you are saved. And yes, we walk in joy and a peace and love towards all, but it is specifically indicative to an upwards relationship with God. The next three gifts, patience or long-suffering, or fruit, sorry, kindness and goodness, those are outward. You need to be patient with people. You need to show kindness with people. You need to have goodness towards people. And the last three are inward. Faithfulness or faith, gentleness and self-control. Three times three making nine. It's a whole sermon we can do about numerology stuff and the way that God divides things into the threes and the nines throughout all of scripture. But these are there. There is a war that is taking place between the spirit and the flesh. But the thing I first want you to go ahead and jot down is this. God created everything to reproduce. God created everything to reproduce. I mean, can you say that this morning? God created everything to reproduce, all right? Go with me to Genesis chapter one. Genesis chapter one. The first point we made on this series, if you remember, was that the Bible starts and ends with fruit. Now, Genesis chapter 1, we're going to read throughout creation, starting in verse number 11. It says in verse number 11, "Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so.'" And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind and the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind and God saw that it was good. Go down to verse number 20. Then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures, fish, and let the birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament Of the heavens so God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind and God saw that it was good and God blessed them saying be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth scroll down to verse number 24 Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. Verse number 26. Then God said, let us... Who's the us? It's another three. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It talks there the word Elohim, which is the plural form for God. All right? Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Do you guys see a pattern? The herbs, the trees, the fruits, he told them, bring forth fruit. The fish, the birds, he told them, bring forth fruit. The cattle, the livestock, he told them, bring forth fruit. Mankind, he told them, bring forth fruit. We are called to bring forth fruit, to be fruitful and to multiply. Be fruitful. And that's why that point is there. God created everything to reproduce. Now, some of you are saying, Pastor, what does that have to do with juicy fruit? I'm getting there. Jot this down. The lust of the flesh are the fruit of rebellion against God. The lust of the flesh are the fruit of rebellion against God. God created everything and made it man and woman, Adam and Eve told them you can have anything but this tree. Adam and Eve ate of the tree and that brought in sin. That means all of mankind reproduces and you reproduce one of two things, lust of the flesh or fruit of the spirit. If you are not in relationship with God, we produce the lust of the flesh. Lust means desire. Some of you are thinking, does lust mean just what we know as lust, which is uh, looking at at somebody sexually or whatnot? Lust means, the uh, the actual word itself means a strong desire for. It's why it's used when it deals with sexual sin as well. But that's what lust means. So desires, strong desires or urges of the flesh. Verse number 17 of Galatians chapter 5, Paul writes there, there is a war. The spirit fights against the flesh because the flesh is fighting against the spirit. That is us trying to walk closer to God and we go to try to do something and we realize this is not going to please God. There is a fight. Some of you call it your conscience. It's the spirit telling your soul, you think that feels good, and then your body, who is a slave to whatever your spirit and soul tell it, it's a very deep theological thing when you start studying spirit, soul, and body. There is an enmity there, the soul, which is what feels the emotions, which is why words can hurt us. That old thing of sticks and stones may break baked by bones, but words will never hurt me, is baloney. Words can hurt. In our soul is where our emotions live. Our spirit is the one that connects to God, which is that why God through the spirit can then speak and alter our emotions and our soul, which then make the body subject to the spirit or subject to the soulish desires. Some of y'all are like passages is really deep. That's why I'm chewing it. Okay? And I encourage you to listen to this message again throughout the week so you can get more out of it. So there is a fight to produce the works of rebellion against God out of ourselves or the fruit of the Spirit. Are you with me this morning? All right, let me know. Hey, let me know you're here with me. Uh, Don't don't make me feel I'm on a platform. This isn't a platform. This is a stage. Don't make me feel I'm on... uh, uh, This is an altar. Thank you. Uh, Correct my own lingo. Sinners manifest the works of the flesh. The ungodly person does produce fruit. It's the fruit coming out of his sinful self. I've mentioned this many a times. We're not needed to be taught how to do things wrong. That comes natural. Being born again, we then begin to listen more to the Spirit to not then fulfill the desires of, or the lusts of the flesh. Are you with me this morning? Yes. All right. So, the first thing I jotted, had you jot down was the fact that God created everything to reproduce. The lusts of the flesh are the fruit of rebellion against God. Now, when we are filled by the Spirit and walking according to the Spirit, we're able then to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Many people, as believers, want the gifts of the Spirit. And that's a great thing. We, we studied that, like I said, last series in 1 Corinthians. It actually says that. Uh, uh, the Apostle Paul, he writes, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. And he says, I want you to desire the gifts. But let me tell you something. The gifts in manifestation without the production of fruit are not successful or lasting. That should have been a bullet point too. <laughs> I'm going to say it one more time. The gifts of the Spirit without the fruit of the Spirit in manifestation are not lasting or successful. Let me explain it to you. What is wrong with my tongue this morning? Let me explain it to you. We have all heard of many a minister, pastors, evangelists. There's one in the news right now. Who have worked and operated and functions in gifts. But at one point or another, they haven't been walking close to God in the production of the fruit and eventually are cut off. It's not lasting or successful. But when there is a unity in our character and our giftings and walking in the character, it's also in the Beatitudes. We're going to do a series on the Beatitudes because it's powerful just don't know when cause I have like the next three series lined up already God's been showing them to me so we'll stick it in there when God says it's time God gave me a, a, a thing for a new series that's going to come up soon I'm gonna give you the name it's called the secret life of Jesus I'll let that one sink in there sink in but that one's coming probably gonna be at the early of 2021 Uh, It's called The Secret Life of Jesus. I got to tell Kevin to start making the artwork. Kevin, if you're watching online, you start making the artwork for Secret Life of Jesus. (laughs) When they're all working and functioning, then there is the lasting. That's why Jesus had no scandals in his ministry. That's why Jesus flowed in power every single time. People want the power, but they don't want to walk in the right character. And power without character, it don't work. It's not lasting or successful. If you're jotting notes, write this down. God grafted us into the tree. God grafted us into the tree. We have plants and fruit that we eat, like grapefruit. How many of you like grapefruit? Anybody here like Grapefruit. You know, grapefruit was not. Grapefruit is an invented hybrid tree. Okay, I think in Spanish, grapefruit is a um, toronja. Thing. Okay. They mixed, they took the branch out of one and put it in the other to make that fruit. So, we all produce fruit, but we're connected to a world tree. When we come to Jesus, God cuts us off of the world tree, and grafts us into the holy tree, or Jesus, and the same sap that was flowing through that tree now begins to flow through you, being grafted into the vine, which is the Holy Spirit, which is why then there is production of fruit because he grafts us. Romans chapter 11, I'm not gonna read it now, but jot it down and read it throughout this week. Romans chapter 11 explains how God grafts, and he's specifically talking there about how the, the children of Israel were cut off of the vine because they didn't believe Jesus was the Messiah. But then, when you come to God, he takes you and grafts you into the tree. Then he also says, don't boast or think of yourself any better because you've been grafted. Again, that's a whole other sermon on its own. We're not better. We just already have the sap flowing through us so that we can produce fruit. God grafted us. By the redeeming work of Christ, we are grafted into the tree, Jesus, that God has planted. And here's another point, and I've made this point every single week. So I'm going to do it again. The redeemed must bear fruit. Once you come to Christ, you must bear fruit. When? Immediately. In our walk with Christ, it is the example. It's supposed to be the example. It's not a thing of like, once you've been a Christian for this amount of time, you bear fruit. Once you've gone to this amount of Bible study, you bear fruit. Once you've gone to this many services, you can bear fruit. No, immediate. And regardless of your age, you're called to bear fruit. I gave an example this morning. I'm gonna give the same example now because it, it, it's it just, we have a family that comes to our church, they were here in the Spanish service, that started coming to our church f- almost five years ago when Abigail was four, and Abigail was in the same class as the daughter of this family, and they hit it off, and the little girl wanted to have a play date, and Abigail told her, our weekends, we go to church. You can come to church with me on Sunday, and the family came to church so that their daughter could hang out with her friend, but you know what happened? God touched them and they plugged in. Then that family told some friends, you guys. (laughs) And you guys came because of a friend. And it all started because a four year old invited another four year old. Every single one of you as a redeemed son or daughter of God is called and required to produce fruit. It doesn't necessarily mean bring the, this is a a perfect example to show you the illustration of actually bringing them into this nucleus. But you're called to produce fruit. You might have somebody you work with that just you telling them, hey, can I pray for you? You're starting to sow the seed. I asked somebody yesterday, hey, do you mind if I pray for you? They told me, no, no, not here. I was like, all right, no problem. I'll still pray for you later. All right, we're good. They denied me praying for them. Okay, I get it, no problem. They were at work and they were like, I can't do it here. Not a problem. I can internalize that and say, next time I'm not gonna ask anybody. Or I can say, I gotta wait for the right opportunity to see that one, I'm gonna sneak them again, see what they tell me next time. We're called to produce food. Some of you are watching from home and you've made the decision and I commend you for it. If you are elderly or have a, a, an immune disease or any situation in which you don't feel comfortable being out of your house, Stay connected and watching online. If you were sick and that's why you're home today, thank you. Because if you're sick, you shouldn't come here or work or send your kids to school, right? Like, come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. You got a fever, don't go to work. (laughs) Don't send your kid to school. So you say, well, what can I do? You can share a verse through that social media platform. You can message people the scripture. You can message. You can share this. Like, you can still do something, If you're here, you can bring somebody, but the thing is that we're called, look at John 15, 16, John 15, 16. If you haven't gotten the point, the main text that we're reading throughout this whole series is John 15 and Galatians chapter five. Pastor, you're gonna preach out of those things for so long? Yep. 15, 16 says, you didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And not just bear fruit, look what it says. And that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. People ask all the time, Pastor, why aren't my prayers being answered? Well, here's my question. Because a lot of people will claim the verse, whatever I ask in his name, he will answer. And I'm praying in Jesus' name. Or they'll claim the verse, he will give me the desires of my heart. Right? Well, the one in Psalms, everybody, it says commit yourself to the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And this one says, right at the beginning of the chapter, okay? Abide in me and I in you. You can't do it without me. So the fruit will remain and last in as when you are connected to the vine. The minute you disconnect from the vine, you will, because it's the function of the nature of sin, revert to your old self. Pastor, I don't believe that. Oh, no, you may, not, you may choose not to believe it, but it's in the Bible. I'm tired of people adjusting scripture or not believing scripture because they haven't experienced it. I say it all the time. If I say something contrary to scripture, I'm wrong. The Bible's right. And you have people that don't believe in the gifts of the spirit. Why? Because they haven't manifested them. They've never experienced them. You have people that don't believe in healing or God wanting to heal today because of the fact that they haven't experienced their healing. It doesn't work that way. God's will is to heal you. To deliver you, to set you free, as long as you stay connected to the vine. Jesus, as a matter of fact, gave a reference point in the Gospels that he said, who does not first go in and bind the strong man before casting it out, right? And then he says, when you clean it, cast out, you're delivered. If you don't keep it in order, that demonic will come back. And if they see that the place is nice and orderly and nobody's occupying it, meaning you have not allowed the sap to continue to flow through you, he goes and gets seven more of his friends. That is why you can have somebody, to give you a an, 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 an specific example, somebody who was addicted to drugs, who was clean for X amount of time on a relapse will overdose because they didn't go just have one pill like they used to before. And like that, it happens over and over again with any example that you choose to fill it. They were uh, freed from lust and watching pornography. They have one slip up and they will begin watching it again and then go hire a prostitute and then get caught because it gets worse. Nature gets worse. Anything left unattended will grow. Look at a grass field that doesn't get cut and mowed. It grows wild. What comes, snakes want to hang out there, more lizards, more things, everything wants to come. Cut the grass, they all leave again. Stay connected to the vine. Why? Because the redeemed are called to produce fruit. Much fruit. Worship team, you start coming to the altar. We are called to produce juicy fruit. And fruit that lasts, and remain. I met with someone this week and we were speaking about a specific topic, I'm not going to mention what the topic was, because it applies to anything, but we were mentioning one specific topic and the person told me, you know, Pastor, I don't know how I feel about that specific thing anymore. And I said, well, what do you mean, because the Bible says not to do that? It's like, no, no, no. I understood that every time that I did that. It was totally to feed my flesh, and God wants me to please him. I told this person, that is the most profound and best answer I've ever heard in all of my life as a Christian and a pastor, with that specific topic, but it applies to everything. Why did you stop drinking alcohol, as an example? Because the Bible says it's bad. No, the Bible actually says getting drunk is bad, not not drinking. But when I realized, I'm, I'm putting myself to hypotheticals, right? When I realized that I was drinking a glass of wine every single day so that I could relax. Drinking a glass of wine is not bad. But when you're telling me you need to drink it every single day just so that I can unwind. You realize... I'm feeding my flesh. I'm not unwinding in the presence of God anymore. Why'd you stop watching pornography? Because the Bible says that lust is bad. No, 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 I I realized that every time I tuned that on was to gratify myself and make myself feel good for a moment physically, my soul and my body. But I wanna go ahead and get closer to the spirit in order to please God. You can fill it with any sin. Anything that doesn't please God, you can fill it into that parameter, which is why I told this person that is the best answer I've ever heard. When I realized that I did it to please myself, it started being a work of the flesh. And I wanna please my God. That blew me away. I'm going to apply it even more to my life now because there is a war between my soul (laughs) trying to tell my body, do this because you feel good and the spirit saying, no, 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 feed me and don't fulfill or satisfy the works of the flesh. Why? Because God wants us to produce not any fruit. He wants us to produce fruit that lasts and remains juicy fruit. If you've never been grafted into the vine, what does that mean? If you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, or perhaps you have, but you walked away and and the sap hasn't been flowing, and today you say, God, I... I want to get right. I want to get grafted. I I want to get plugged into the vine. I just want you to say this prayer with me. Let me be very clear. There's not power in the wording, it is in your faith in which you declare it. And, church, you can pray with them if that's here in the building or you're online. Say, God, I'm a sinner. And on my own, I can't get to you. But I believe that Jesus came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, rose from the grave to pay the price for my sin, for my unrighteousness. And today, I ask Jesus to come and live in my heart to write my name in the book of life. God graft me into your tree. Let the Holy Spirit flow through me that I may begin to produce fruit from right now in Jesus name. Amen.